Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Would you please welcome Columbia recording artist, Bob Dylan. Welcome back to Never Ending Stories, a podcast about Bob Dylan and the Never Ending Tour. I'm Ian. And I'm Steve. And there's no Evan. That's right. <laughs> so we're not going to have any arguments about the three-star system today, because I don't give a shit about it. Um, and today's show is, this is a special one, folks. This is October 11th, 2002, at the Greek Theater in Berkeley, California. We've got Bob Dylan, vocals and guitar and harp. We've got Charlie Sexton on the guitar. We've got Larry Campbell on the guitar, the mandolin, the pedal steel, and the electric slide guitar, George Rosselli on drums, and Tony Garnier on the bass. There's also a little, there's maybe one other interesting element, a person who is in the audience at this show uh, that gives it a little additional significance. Steven, you want to fill the folks in? Yeah, I was at this show, and um, I'll just say right away that this is my favorite Dylan show that I've seen in person, (laughs) and it is... Tied for number one for my favorite show I've seen of all time. By Just anybody. any concert, any artist ever. Yeah, there's this show, and then there's a Guided by Voices show from 2001. Wow. That would be tied with this one. But yeah, this is a magical show, and uh, it'll be interesting to get into the experience of seeing something in person versus listening to a recording, listening to different uh iterations of recordings versions of the recordings right yeah because i had an odd of this show for a long time that sounded okay and then uh you found uh a much spruced up recording on expecting rain uh that just totally made me hear this show It, it was like it might have it might have sound it might sound better on this recording than it did actually at the Greek theater. <laughs> uh, it's pretty amazing. It's clean as a whistle. Yeah. Uh, should we explain quick why Evans not here? Like you know, he oh. this is just this is like a temporary <laughs> thing. Like he hasn't exited the show. That's right. He's on his international uh, gallivanting still. We've been explaining this. I've been doing other episodes on the other show without Oh right. So, so <laughs> people have heard it in many contexts, but yes, he is still on his uh, his International Man of Mystery tour, uh, although by the time this episode runs, I believe he will have returned. But uh, next time, you can yeah. count on uh, the three amigos returning in our full glory. Yeah, you know, he's he's making just tons of free money in, the, <laughs> in these recent weeks. He's not recording anything. Like you said, he's gallivanting, you know, globetrotting. Uh, we're, well, you're doing all the work. This is the first time I've worked without him. Um <laughs> So I hope he appreciates it. I mean, you know, we're we'll probably each of us have our own vacations where we're not here. That's why it's good to have a trio. Exactly. 
So one, if one person goes down, you, you can still carry forward. It'll be interesting, just you and me. What if people are like, oh, I like this better? Well, what what if or what if they're like, oh, I like this worse? Yeah, that's true. Could go either way. We'll there's not out. there's not the, uh, the we we don't have the Joker element of the show here. It's really just sort of uh, <laughs> you know it's it, it, I feel like you and I or I'm the straight man here and you're like more of the straight man between you and Evan. But uh, the the chaos the chaos emerald is uh, is missing here. But that's true. We'll we'll see how it goes. But uh, in lieu of Evan's presence on this show, we're gonna we're gonna try our hand at a first uh, our first go at a new little segment here at the beginning before we even get into the show proper we're gonna open up uh the mailbag i feel like we got to come up with a, a catchy bob bootleg related like title for that set for the second like he's got it he must have referenced mail or like the postal service on some song right i'm sure and i i feel like there's a totally obvious reference that we're not thinking of right now and we're going to feel really stupid, and all of our listeners are going to be making fun of us on the Patreon. Yeah. Um, I mean, okay, well, stuck inside a mobile with the Memphis Blues again. There's the line, but the post office has been stolen. That's right, and the mailbox it, is locked. And the mailbox is locked. So should we call this the unlocked mailbox? Perfect. <laughs> Look at that. We're already making magic happen. There you go. The unlocked mailbox. Here we go. Easy and, as that. And I will send a message. And actually, we're going to have a bonus episode uh, the week after this episode posts with more uh, mailbag or the Unlock Mailbox. That's going to be its own episode because we got so many great letters. Yes, thank you for all the great questions. Typically when we've done, I don't know how it was on 36 from the vault for you guys, uh, but typically when we've done mail mailbag questions on the other show in the past for us, it's just <laughs> there's <laughs> there's a lot of shit to wade through, but here we got tons of great questions from everyone, so we very much appreciate all of your very thoughtful questions and concerns out there, folks. Yeah, and this first letter uh, really sort of exemplifies oh, the quality <laughs> of correspondence we receive. This comes from Sawyer. Sawyer asks, what's Bob's most CD album, his most cassette album, and what about Bob Dylan's most nine, nine ninety nine download from iTunes album? That's the kicker. That's the key right there, the nine ninety nine download from iTunes album. That's beautiful. Well done, Sawyer. Yeah, just to clarify, you know, when we talk about like a most CD album, like what album of Bob's fits the CD format the best, you know, because there are the people out there who are like, oh, I want everything on vinyl. But, you know, Guilty. sometimes vinyl isn't the proper format. Yeah, and it's true. De- depends on when an album comes out. Maybe, uh, you know, certain sonic qualities maybe make it more uh, uh, appropriate for another uh, uh, format. And I'm a person, you know, I, I don't want to knock vinyl. I have vinyl, but I also purchase cassettes mm-hmm. and CDs. Uh, I have done the 999 download, not for many years. Um, but I don't know about you. I, I felt like I could answer each of these very quickly for me personally. Yeah. I, I don't know if you had to deliberate on it. Uh, I, yeah, I've got some kind of back and forth, uh, uh, ideas on a couple of these, but you, you've got yours lock, stock and barrel. So what do you got? Okay. So, so for most CD album, to me, it was obvious. It's time out of mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm comes out in 1997, which is pretty much the height of the CD era. You know, that's like when you have 
Backstreet Boys and Britney Spears selling like, you know, 10 million CDs every time. Sure. Just record industry, they're just swimming in like, they're swimming in, in pig fat at this the time. The good times just, are rolling and they're never going to end, ever. <laughs> never. So Time Out of Mind comes out in the middle of that. I think that is uh, appropriate to consider it a CD album. It's also worth looking at the length of Time Out of Mind. It is, uh, I guess, the second longest Dylan album. Blonde on Blonde is like seven seconds longer than Time Out of Mind. Wow. And Blonde uh, so on Blonde, obviously, the double, you know, build as a double LP. Exactly. And here's the thing. Because I actually own Time Out of Mind on vinyl. Uh, I own it on cassette and I own it on CD. So I've An original vinyl copy? An original vinyl copy. Wow. I have, I've, I have it on vinyl. And um, the thing about it, it's one of those albums where it's spread out over uh, two LPs, four sides. Which for something like Blonde on Blonde, which is designed for it to be that way, it, it, is great. But I don't, I'm not a big fan of like the single album that you have to put on two LPs mm. because it usually means that there's like three songs on each side. Right. And I just don't think that's a great listening experience. Why not just put on the CD, let it wash over you in one seventy-two minute block? You know, you I go. just think that's the appropriate way to do it. How about you? What's your most CD doing? Well, I want to kind of try to cheat, or uh, I, I was I was encouraged to try to cheat because I feel like there are additional Bob Dylan releases besides the studio LPs that would qualify for this most for me. I'm thinking like compilations, really. <laughs> um, I, I, I guess I can give two answers. One would probably be for me i think it would be under the red sky um which see to me like the concept of a cd album there's like a really strong connotation to listening to it in a car Mm. like when i was a kid you know we never listened to the radio my dad had a six cd changer in his car and that was always like something he was really serious about was like making sure the right albums were in there and that he always had something good to go to um but occasionally one record would just get kind of stuck in there and not like physically stuck, like you couldn't take it out, but it would just, it would be in there for months and months and even like a couple of years um, uh, uh, for, for a couple albums. And so like, to me, a CD album has to be one that like you can just kind of listen to endlessly and kind of allow it to just almost become background music at a certain point because you're just driving up and down the freeway in the car. This was my youth in 1998 as a, uh, a lad in the backseat of a uh, BMW in Orange County. Um, but, um, time out of mind to me, like is too, there's like, there's too much there. Like it's too heavy and too monumental and too serious and too good <laughs> to be frank, to just be something that's kind of endlessly playing in the back. Like imagine Highlands is just, just droning on endlessly for the oh. nine millionth time. I don't have you. to imagine it, my friend. <laughs> it, it has happened in my car many a time. Uh, B- I, believe I, me. And so Under the Red Sky, I think, like, hits that sweet spot for me where, like, there are a couple absolute, like, highest of high point kind of tracks on that record, as far as I'm concerned, at least, from Bob. But of a lot a lot of it is just, like, you know, if TV Talk and Song or, or 2 by 2 are just kind of, like, tinnily playing out of the speaker and you're, like arguing with your sister in the back seat like that's that to me feels more thematically appropriate if i was really going to pick one thing though it would be bob dylan's greatest hits volume three which oh. came out in 1994 <laughs> and that is really smack dab in the middle of the seat that's kind of like the beginning of the peak you know time out of mind in 97 is like the peak of the peak 94 you're really you know you're still charging up into that era um and that one's just got a a murderer's row of classics 
but a lot of really funny tracks, too. You've got Dignity, you've got Silvio, you've got Brownsville Girl, you've got Under the Red Sky, the song, you've got Series of Dream, like, that, that, you've got the groom still waiting at the altar for some fucking reason. Um, I think that 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 would be a primo CD listening experience, as far as I'm concerned. I like that answer. That's (laughs) definitely the most CD jukebox Bob Dylan album exactly. of all time. I, th- exactly. I think if you can still find a bar with a CD jukebox, it probably has Bob Dylan's Greatest Hits Volume 3 in there. And it's got that weird, just like lazy, shitty cover also, where it's just like a black and white photo of Bob from like 1983, maybe, or even early. I, I, could, I really can't tell how old he is in this picture. And just like super boring text. It's just, it feels very like this is the 90s. This is designed to be in a little jewel box that you never want to see any larger than like two by two. It fits with the other greatest hits albums though, because I feel like they all have a photo like that where it's like Bob and profile. I feel like greatest hits volume two with that, the shot of him from behind, right? Where he's like kind of backlit. Like that's an iconic kind of image. But it's a similar kind of photo, like where you don't really see his face. I it's guess like, that's true. It, sure. It's a better photo, but it's, a, it fits, I think thematically with the other greatest hits <laughs> covers. Um, most cassette album. I immediately thought of early 80s Bob, because again, I think that is prime cassette era. So it would be, for me, Infidels or Real Live. Yeah. One of those two, I think. (laughs) And you own Real Live on a cassette, don't you? And CD and vinyl. See, I own all these albums and all their formats. Real Live on three formats. And I own multiple CDs of of Real Live because Jesus I, I feel, Christ, I feel like I bought it and then I forgot that I had it and then I bought it again. Um, so again, I've I've tested out all of these albums in various formats. So I'm not just like uh, you know talking out of my ass here. I really think yeah, Infidels, Real Live, that zone. It just feels like that's Bob's cassette years. Which yeah, I would also say. Kind of going along, along along the lines of what you said, because I wasn't thinking of compilations. I might also put Biograph mm. in here as well as a great because I think that's how I first heard it was on cassette. Sure, um, so that would fit in there too. But yeah, I would say early '80s, like that period, feels like cassette Bob yeah. to me. I think that makes sense. Biograph is a great LP package. My dad has that and the, the big liner notes and all the LPs in there. That's that's a delicious package. But we weren't asked about the most vinyl album. I have that in all three formats too. That's a great vinyl as well. I own, I own like I think almost every Dylan record in like all three formats. In all three formats. Uh, yes. Well, not the not the Apple downloads, but like the right. physical formats. Yeah, not a track, but vinyl cassette every, and almost everything CD. else. Yeah. You, you, yeah, you might have a few laser discs kicking around up there too. <laughs> oh, I wish. Um, cassette album for me, I think Real Live and Infidels absolutely make sense. I'm going to zag a little bit here to me coming because listen i'm coming like cassette is a purely nostalgia like based kind of format to me like i have never been alive in a period of time when like cassettes were really sold by anyone for any purposes other than just like a little fun collectible kind of thing whether it's like a vintage record that you get at a record shop or you know some shitty new indie band pressing 50 copies of their cassette because they can't afford to do vinyl um so cassette listening to me has always been about like a really degraded listening experience, but like deliberately so. Like I've got a I've got a cassette of Gaucho, which I think is like one of the funniest things to even just the concept of Gaucho on cassette. Like I feel like Donald Fagan would would be like existentially opposed to anyone ever even purchasing that in the first place. Um, but listening to it is really funny because it's all super compressed and 
There's absolutely no low end. Um, and this just like super unpleasant uh, tape, tape hiss and fuzz all the way through. And it just, it, it, it's really fascinating to listen to a record that is sonically uh, immaculate in this completely fucked up kind of fashion. Um, so on that note, Slow Train uh, would be my pick here, which is the closest thing to a Steely Dan record that Bob ever made. Uh, I, I love the idea of just listening to this, uh, this technically uh, perfect kind of product that Jerry Wexler took so many, uh, so many pains to coax out of Bob, even against his will, um, and, uh, and then listen to it just on a, like, I've got a tape deck that I picked up on Craigslist from 15 years ago that was 20 years old when I bought it in the first place, and it was like 20 bucks. It sounds terrible. It even eats my cassettes sometime. Uh, but it's uh, that's that's what the cassette listening experience is to me. See, you need to get a better cassette player because yeah. that thing you said about the degraded experience of listening to a cassette, I could say the same thing about vinyl because yeah. vinyl breaks down pretty easily over time. And I think vinyl, you need a good record player for you to get all of the sonic attributes supposedly sure. that vinyl which has. Are, which I have. So, whereas I bought 